When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Welcome to Three Yards Per Caddy, a podcast covering the Miami Dolphins and the NFL. Now, here's your hosts, Chris, Alf and Simon. And we're on and welcome to another edition of Three Yards Per Caddy. This is our draft series. We're talking wide receivers today. Chris Kaufman is here and Simon Clancy is here. As always, this show is brought to you by Prize Picks. Use promo code 5 FIVE. There's going to be a lot of things you can play on price picks. We're recording on National Championship Night. So maybe it's going to be a little bit too late by the time you listen to this, but you will be able to play the Masters this weekend. So deposit $100, use the promo code 5 FIVE and you get the $100 on a one-time rollover. All right. Further ado, Simon, it begs to reason. We've been talking about this on on this podcast uh, on these two draft shows that we've done. They spent a lot of money and a lot of resources already on the defense. Early on in this draft, it makes sense to spend it some on the offense. I don't think we've given this enough talk so far, but why not a wide receiver? Why wouldn't that make sense at 51? Get yourself a stud at 51. He's your wide receiver three, possibly, if he could take over for Cedric Wilson or Braxton Berrios. I don't think that those those two guys are juggernauts to beat out. And two years down the road, he's the heir apparent to Tyree Kill if he leaves. Makes sense, Simon? Uh, it makes a little bit of sense, I suppose. I mean, I kind of feel like it's a strong room anyway. And there are other holes that I think you'd probably, you know, you'd want to fill. I suppose it depends, guys, doesn't it, whether or not you're picking for need or you're picking the best player available on your board. And if the best player available on your board happens to be, although I think it's unlikely, but let's just say it. Uh, a Zay Flowers falls to you or, a, you know, a Jonathan Mingo falls to you, then, you know, is is that the the best way that you could spend that pick when perhaps there's a, you know, a conversion left to right tackle, when perhaps there's a Jamar Gibbs or a Zach Charbonnet or a, a Sam Laporta or Luke Musgrave, those kind of guys on the, on the board. I, I think it's interesting. And look, I, I don't, I wouldn't be disappointed, I suppose. I just think that we're still not solving the really big elephants in the room. It's clear, and Chris has made it clear from his great source about, I might say, like Durham Smythe, and they've obviously signed uh, Eric Sober, and uh, and Tanner Connor is still there, uh, and I suspect they'll bring in somebody else. I, I, I can't believe they'll leave, even with just four picks, I can't believe they'll leave the draft without a tight end. Um, they were obviously looking a little bit at the kid out of Alabama, Irv Smith, uh, the Vikings tight end who ended up going to the Bengals. But, you know, look, I mean, we've taken 
we've taken uh, Trent Sherfield out of the equation. I know there's talk about they'd be happy to trade Cedric Wilson. I, I still think Cedric Wilson has got, you know, contributions to make to this team. You're expecting a lot from the, the two young guys, Braylon Sanders, who I feel is ahead of uh, uh, Eric Ezukama. Uh, and then you've got the kind of the the X factors in a way in, in Berrios, who we kind of not really sure what he's going to be. And, and you kind of know what Craycraft is. Um, you know, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be upset, but I kind of feel like we're just kind of ignoring the the elephant in the room, which to me just remains the the, the offensive line. Chris, I mean, I, one thing that I think we have to pay attention to is when um, is when Mike McDaniel did his recent interview with the uh, with Mike Silver, which was an hour long. It was incredible. Um, he he's told the story himself. Basically, he told the origin story of the, you know, kind of now infamous tape that he put together of um, of Tua Tungavaloa, which he showed everybody in the building. And um, and this is something I, I mentioned to everybody on OnlyFans like uh, before the season started that um, it was it was actually something that was notable because it created, it created believers out of disbelievers, really. Um, the, the tape that he did of Tua going through 150 consecutive plays showing exactly what he can do in this, this exact offense and, um, and what they need to do uh, to surround him. And uh, it was interesting. He told the story. He said that he sat in the room with all the staff, the scouting staff and um, personnel people. And the, the consensus in the room was that they needed to uh, spend resources on the offensive line that they needed to get this, the, to get the offensive line straightened up. Ours, uh, and and sure enough, they, they signed Teron Armstead and Connor Williams, but we were all kind of like, you know, they, they should and could go a little further on that, but it was McDaniel himself that said no, or not no, but he, because that's not his style. But the, the task that he did with that tape was intended to get everybody on the same page saying, no, what we really need is to surround Tua Tungavaloa with playmakers to run after catch guys. And, um, and, and let me show you why. And that was, that was the original intent of that, um, that big, you know, 150 play tape. So, you know, are, is he going to change his spots all of a sudden? Um, and, and say, oh, you know, now, now definitely offensive line, you know, we've got enough in the playmaker department and stuff like that. I'm not so sure that he is, um, you know, and, and that means that looking at that wide receiver room, I mean, listen, if Jalen Waddle or Tyree kill are, um, are down for any length of time during the game or down for any length of time, um, you know, for the season, then, you know, the wide receiver room starts to look, you know, I mean, clearly it, it will have a, a top wide receiver in either Tyree Kill or Jalen Waddle, but everybody else, I mean, Cedric Wilson was kind of a, a disappointment last year. Um, Braxton Berrios is is a, a wide receiver three, a slot guy, and he can have some value, but like, um, you know, his 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 arrow was down this year, not up. And Azucama you know? was a mystery. And Azucama was completely, he was, he was the invisible man. You know, he wasn't even active, you know, generally speaking. Um, so so if you're looking at that situation and, and you're looking at it like, you know, gosh, we need to keep speed on the table. If Tyree Kill or Jalen Waddle come out, then where is that at that moment? You know, it's not Brack, you know, he's not that fa- He's quick. He's not fast, I don't think. Um, you know, Cedric Wilson, 
we we don't frankly we don't know what to do what what to think of him because he, he was beat out last year and they're actively trying to trade him or open to trading him, I guess you should say. So there, you know, what do we do? What do we do if one of those guys is off the field? And, I think there's uh, a really interesting player in this draft, Chris, and and I know Alf likes this guy as well. And I, I mentioned him earlier on. And I just it makes me just in the innovator that Mike McDaniel is right in terms of how you uh, revolutionize or uh, evolve a position. Okay. We know that he likes the run game. We know that he likes the tight end position. We know what George Kittle was able to do at tight end in San Francisco. And we've talked about, you know, getting our own George Kittle and actually, you know, you look at it and you think actually he's the best second best tight end in the NFL. Maybe you just don't, that guy just doesn't really exist necessarily. And, you know, it's quite a difficult position to learn, especially in this offense. And, you know, whether that is a, you know, a Darnell Washington Falls, whether that's a Musgrave, a Sam Laporta, a Strange, whoever it is, the guys that we, we all know that we've talked about, right? There is a guy at wide receiver in this draft. It, it, the old miss is Jonathan Mingo, right? Who's six foot mm-hmm. two. He's 221 pounds. He ran a 446-40, which is insane. 22 bench rep, 40-inch vertical, 129-inch broad jump. Like the guy is... Uh, He's the best blocking receiver in this draft. Okay. He's big. He's physical. He's explosive. He pulls away from people down the field. He, he, he inside out. He played, literally played the last eight games of the season from the slot. But what he did an awful lot of the time was he lined up at H back or even tight end. Okay. He's a monster in the run game as a, as a blocking receiver. And we know how much Mike McDaniel loves blocking wide receivers, right? What if, there is a, you know, in that mad genius head of his, he's just constructing a way where he thinks, I've got this guy potentially that I could get at 51, probably. Although, actually, I, I, I mean, we talk about this all the time, don't we? I sense that Mingo is one of those very fast risers, especially just with what he does. But just because he's such a good rock, a run blocker and that he can basically serve and certainly did do for Old Miss as an extra tight end on the on the field. You watch Zach Evans's tape. Mingo's all over the place, blocking inside, outside. What if McDaniel just sits there and looks at this guy and says to Chris Greer, you know what? Here's a 4-4-6, 220-pound monster that I can play outside, who I can play inside in the slot, who I can motion in, who I can play as a sort of subsidiary tight end. But can no, do You can so- pitch him the ball. You can pitch him the ball. Yeah. He could just do so much to this offense and add a, a completely different slant to this offense that we just don't have because of his incredible versatility versus his size. I, I just there aren't very many people in the league that I think could look at a guy like that and think, oh, maybe. But McDaniel is definitely one of those guys. Well, we saw it. We saw it in San Francisco with Debo Samuel, right? Yeah. I mean, I mean, he's AJ. This kid is AJ Brown. I mean, Greg Cassell called him DJ. Um, called him uh, Debo Samuel. To me, he looks like AJ Brown. I mean, same school. I mean, it's just like well, or DK Metcalf. I, I always yeah. thought he looked like a combination between sort of D, a, a sort of combination between Debo and Mohamed Sanu. Yeah. Um. Yeah. And, and I think that you know, and yeah, AJ. I think an AJ Brown comparison is not outlandish either. Um. And yeah, I think I think you're right in as much as uh, it's it's not just. So first off, who the guy that they signed, Eric Saubert, um, Saubert or whatever, um, he is he is and always has been more of a receiving tight end. I know some people are talking about his blocking and stuff like that. I think he's 
an accomplished blocker for what they try to do with him mm. or what they have tried to do, do with him in his career. I don't think he's, you know, there's the clear why on the on the roster is Durham Smythe, not um, not not him. And they tried to evidently so, uh, uh, buy Irv Smith as well. Mm-hmm. That's another tight end too. That's another TE too, isn't it? That's another, yes. you know, a Mike Gesicki, a roll tight end, move tight end, whatever, um, whatever you want to call it. Uh, and, and so if you're looking at that and you're looking at Tanner Connor, who again was a wide receiver, I mean, Tanner Connor is basically your poor man's Jonathan Mingo. And in, in, in as much as he was a bigger wide receiver, um, but most importantly with Mingo, he's a run after catch guy. And, yeah. um, and I think that that's, that's what puts him square on radar. And I think it is an interesting point that you bring up that like, you know, we're, we're sitting here like, yeah, you're really going to take wide receiver three with number 51. Um, when, I would if he's going to play such, 600 snaps. <laughs> well, when we have such such needs elsewhere, but what if it's not wide receiver three? What if it's tight end two and wide receiver three? You know, yeah, um, yeah. that that's that becomes a, a totally different sell. And um, and I, I I'm fully with you guys on Mingo. I've I've looked at him and like I said, he looked like a combination to me of Sanu and and Debo. Uh, he's a big player. I think he's he's surprisingly fast. Like, like you see that guy pull away from people on, you know, when he gets on the hoof, um, pull away from coverage, man coverage. And that's yeah. some, some of the missing story, I think, with some of these guys is, um, is yeah, they, you know, if, if they've got four and a half seconds to run across the field with, with no, no help anywhere, then that's one thing. But um, it, is it a guy that you'll get press coverage, uh, single coverage, you know, man coverage, uh, and he's just going to pull away? And actually, Mingo does, and and he's got so much more than that, which is what makes him appealing. Because uh, hey, we lost a red zone threat in Mike Gesicki. that hasn't been replaced. No, you know? and I don't know that Cedric Wilson is doing that. Maybe he is. I don't know. You uh, know who? Um, you know who's bringing uh, Mingo in for a thirty visit? Don't you? Who's that? Is it the Forty ers Of course. Yes, that oh, makes sense. You know, well, he's he's a run after catch player. A guy with great yak. A guy who's a compelling blocker. I mean, it just makes all the sense in the world, right? I mean, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. I mean, to me, he's the third or fourth best receiver in this draft, and you know, yeah, I, I, I was. I, I'm with you on that. I, there are yeah. guys that are quite, honestly. I, I'm not trying to really get it, get on this guy, but. I'm looking at Jonathan Mingo, and then I'm looking at Quentin Johnson. Yeah, I, I I know exactly what you're going to say, and I feel yeah. pretty much the same. Yeah, it, it really is like I would take Mingo above him. Yeah, I think I probably would too. I mean, Smith and Jigba, to me, is the best receiver in the draft. But right. I would be – and I like Zay Flowers, but – Zay Flowers as well. Uh, you know, Mingo and Johnson kind of feel interchangeable to me. And, you know, certainly in an offense like Miami's, like San Francisco's, to me, what you can do with with the Jonathan Mingo in terms of how you can deploy him, how you can use him, it's a compelling argument to think that he could be lined up as a you know as a move tight end, as a tight end who could stay in line and block because he's so big, because he's so good at blocking. Mm-hmm. But you know, you get him, you get him lined up as a tight end or a, as a uh, an H back, you know, just off the line of scrimmage, so that he's lined up on a on a tight end and then want to run a run a wheel route on a linebacker, you know, I'm literally mm-hmm. sat here watching him against Texas A&M now doing exactly that lining up, a, you know, uh, as a, as a tight end, just back from the line of scrimmage as an H back coming out on a wheel route uh, and just blowing a linebacker 
you know, just picking up huge chunk of, well, goes for a touchdown. But in terms of separation, just every stride he takes is just taking, you know, the gap's just getting bigger and bigger and bigger. And, mm-hmm. you know, that to me is just a, that to me is a big yeah. argument. Yeah. One thing you notice about him uh, on tape, uh, first of all, Lance Zerline, who I really respect, but compares him to Anquan Bolden. And I kind of see it. I think he's, he's more athletic vertically than Anquan Bolden. One thing you notice about him on tape, and one of my my favorite players in Dolphin history was Chris Chambers. Chris Chambers was 5'11", 210 pounds, okay? But he looked like he was 6'4", 220 when he was playing. If you watch Jonathan Mingo, when he catches the ball in traffic, defensive backs are falling down, and he's falling forward. This is the SEC as well. This isn't Conference USA either. Do you know what I mean? He looks bigger and more imposing than everybody else around him when he's playing. One thing that helps us, Debo Samuel and DK Metcalf both had great run-ups to the draft. They made no missteps. They had, you know, they did they made they did not make a, a misstep at all. Debo Samuel was actually the the MVP of the senior bowl practices. If you I remember. thought he was excellent at the senior bowl mingo as well. I mean here he is against Vanderbilt look, Vanderbilt scoring a 72 yard touchdown. He's running at 20.7 miles an hour. <laughs> it's hilarious. Yeah. You know? But he's, yeah, what helps is 220 pounds. Before we go to break, Debo Samuel, second round pick, 36th overall. DK Metcalf, second round pick, 64th overall. So both of those guys had great run-ups to the draft. It didn't help them much. I guess we're hoping it happens once again. And if it happens once again, I have them on my very, very short list of guys that I must consider to draft at 51. Uh, what say you, Simon, before we go to break? Oh, 100%. 100%. And, and in the end, and in the end, who'd they lose? Who'd they lose in the offseason? They lost, uh, you know, wide receiver three, Trent Sherfield, or wide receiver three, Mike Gesicki, whichever, you know, whichever, whichever one you want to consider wide receiver three. What did they lose in Trent Sherfield? They lost a good blocker, and they do like to use that wide receiver three as like a, a as like a blocker, like the um, like the Rams do um, with Cooper Cup. They lost a good blocker um, in wide receiver three. They lost a red zone uh, threat in you know Mike Gesicki, whatever you want to consider him. Uh, Jonathan Mingo, you'd have a wide receiver, or you'd have a red zone threat. You'd have a good blocker, and you'd have the things that Trent Sherfield really didn't. Which is, you know, he's not a, he's not a good rack player, and um, and ultimately he just wasn't all that productive in the passing game. And you would have to think that Mingo would be more than that. So you'd have your you'd have everything that you want in that third receiver um, if you if you were to get Jonathan Mingo. So I, I agree with you. All All right, we're gonna go to break, and when we come back, we're gonna dig into this entire wide receiver class. Um, some will call it top heavy. I think it's broad. It's there's a lot of talent. It's it's a, it's a recurring theme every single year. Uh, United States produces a lot of things, above all, cornerbacks and wide receivers. We'll get back to you as soon as we get through these words. The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Do you have a water leak and can't find where it's coming from? Are you dealing with water or mold damage in your home or business? Then call Water Cleanup of Florida at 954-579-0356 for immediate assistance. With over 60 years of combined experience, Michael, Robert, and their team is prepared to handle all types of leak detection issues. 24 hours a day, 365 days a year. After the leak has been located and repaired, Water Cleanup of Florida will then clean, dry, and fully restore the damaged areas. Water Cleanup of Florida is fully licensed, insured, and certified to provide the one-stop shopping that busy homeowners and business owners require. There is no need to bring in other contractors. They will handle the entire project from start to finish. Service areas include Miami, Broward, and Palm Beach counties. Call Michael anytime on his personal cell phone at 954-579-0356. That's 954 954- Five seven nine zero three five six, or visit their website at wcufl.com. Water cleanup of Florida. If you have the schmutz, they have the guts. I'm Jalen Phillips, and you're listening to Three Yards Per Carry. And we're back. All right, we're going to get into this class a little bit more. And I mentioned Chris Chambers, and I'll start here. Uh, and I'll start with Simon. Simon, how is Jalen Hyatt only 6 feet, 180 pounds? Uh, that's the way he came out of his mother's vagina, Al. Because he looks 6'4", He was, he was 6 foot and 177 pounds when he came out of his mother's vagina? <laughs> that's pretty I huge. <laughs> <laughs> well, he's my Chris Chamber. Him and Jonathan Mingo. Well, no, Jonathan Mingo looks every bit of 6'2", 222 pounds. Uh, I think Jalen Hyatt is probably my Chris Chambers award winner. I could have swore he was 6'3", 210 pounds. Uh, he looks like Justin Jefferson to me, man. I love him. I think he is my wide receiver one. Uh, you disagree? Your thoughts on how he plays plays bigger than that size? Oh, I, I mean, look, he he is. You know, he's got elite elite juice uh, to continue a vaginal uh, <laughs> theme. Christ, <laughs> you know, to stretch the field. Uh, you know, he was unplayable at times in the offense. You talking about stretching? What are you talking about stretching? Stretching the f- field uh yeah he was unplayable at times but you know i do worry about that tennessee offense uh, in terms of you know the half field mm-hmm. reads uh, and those sorts of things you know he he's not really been in a huddle he doesn't really have an uh, amazing route tree um yeah, look you know he you know what he is he's going to take the top of a defense um but the way that defenses have been playing over the last 18 months you know that that sort of you know 
it's really interesting, these kind of big play guys, these kind of downfield threats who don't have an amazing route tree because you're not going to run Jalen Hyatt 60 yards on every down. You know, there's got to be some sort mm -hmm. of, um, you know, there's got to be some sort of configuration to, to what he does and the routes he runs. Otherwise, he becomes utterly one-dimensional. He becomes, you know, just like uh, a Miko Hardman or, you know, a guy who really hasn't run a route tree in his life. And you kind of feel like with a guy with that talent, you want to get him doing more. You, know, you look at what Devonta Smith is able to do, both at Alabama, but certainly how he's, his game has progressed in um, in Philadelphia in terms of, you know, a guy that just catches at all three levels of the field. And, you know, at Bama, he certainly was able to go over the top and deep down the field. And he still does that. But, uh, you know, for, for me, you know, you know you're know, not going to get Jalen Hyatt lined up. He's not going to run complex routes in the sort of the underneath and you know shallow crosses and comebacks and all those sorts of that's just not you know even routes as simple as that that's just not what he's done um you know I, I he had a massive you know a massive year massive breakout year and I do think he's a you know he's a really really good player really compelling kind of prospect but I, I would worry you know if I was spending certainly a first round pick on a guy that you just think I don't know you know like I said you're not going to throw to him 60 yards down the field on, on on every down and and that really limits what you can do with him he's he's also very thin you know mm. he's mm -hmm. also lined up mainly in the slot i mean josh josh hyper pretty much plays him out the slot the entire time and he's catching those either quick hitters you know like two step drops catch the ball and, and you know try and use your speed or those kind of over the top um over the top bombs he he looks you know on the field and when he's running it just looks like he's playing at a different different level you know this is a guy you know just chews up that cushion um great ball tracker um he was brilliant against Alabama I just thought he was unplayable against Alabama and you know you look at that secondary with Kool-Aid McKinstry and you know Jordan Battle and Helms and Brian Branch and all those you know, Eli Ricks and the talent they had in the secondary and he just ate them up you know this is a home run hitter great hands yeah five touchdowns against Bama I mean what you know what more do you want but you do worry just about how he fits in terms of what he's able to do and how quickly he's able to learn the 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 just the fluidity of a route tree, really. Yeah. What do you say to those? Is it a hot take for some to say that Cedric Tillman is going to be his teammate is going to be a better pro than Jalen Hyatt? And um, and if I'm you can sure. give us your wide receiver one, I'm not sure it's a hot take. I I think Tillman's a really good player. Uh, he's big. He's physical. Um, he's obviously had the injury problems last year. I do like him. He just seems to have more of an NFL body, runs more NFL routes um, than than higher. My NFL, my receiver one would be uh, Jackson Smith and Jigba, who I know he missed most of the year. Um, but look, you go back and you go back and look at him as a sophomore in 2021. He had 95 catches, 600 yards, nine touchdowns. He, he's just got it all. He's a great route runner. He's hugely athletic. Yeah, he doesn't have the Jalen Hyatt speed, but he's he's fast enough. You can line him inside, outside. I think you. I think you're playing the slot. He's got great ball skills. I, I just think he's a really, really good player. I just um, I, I would draft him significantly over um, over Quentin Johnson. Uh, like you know, again, not ideal top speed, but just hugely polished as a route runner. Great hands, middle of the field guy. He, he reminds me a little bit of Stefan Diggs actually. Um, uh, and I think that he will be that sort of player. Just you know, end up catching hundred, hundred and fifteen passes. You just he'll just be uncoverable because you know nickel corners just won't be able to to, to be able to play against him. That he would be my, my receiver one. Johnston, Johnston, Zay Flowers, Mingo, Addison, 
they're all in that mix. One kind of sleeper guy, Michael Wilson of Stanford. I just think he's a tremendous player, completely under the radar. That kind of West Coast bias, had some injuries. He's a Every time I watch Tanner McKee, every time I watch the kid who started for two years for the Texans, whose name completely escapes me, but um, Michael Wilson was just flashing big time. You, you go back into 2019, pre the pandemic season against Notre Dame, he was outstanding. Um, yeah, it's uh, the, there's some good players, but my receiver one is Smith and Jupiter. Uh, Chris, uh, if you want to speak on the Tennessee pair and your wide receiver one, well, I think I think the Jalen Hyatt is, is the guy, um, you know, coming out of uh, Tennessee. There, I'm not I'm not so sure about Davis Mills, by the way, Simon. Davis Mills, um, Chris. Uh, just, like popped in my head. Um, yeah, the uh, I, I think Jalen Hyatt is the guy to watch there, and, and the comparison to me, like when I watch him play, is he very much looks like a Will Fuller. I mean, he, you know, that w- the way he plays the game. I mean, he's he's got the he's got a long enough body. Full. That's full a bad size. word. That's a bad word around these parts. <laughs> well, you know, Will Fuller once upon a time was a genuinely good player. Um, yeah, that once but, upon a time was the day he signed with Miami. We were pretty excited about it. <laughs> yeah, uh, he was a he was a, a pretty good wide receiver in, in Houston, um, and he has that full length, that six foot oh length. But you know, Will Fuller was a was was skinny for that length too, you know. Um, uh, but mostly he was fast, very athletic. The thing that I think separates um, the reason, so for example, somebody I'd compare to contrast a little bit is Trey Palmer out of Nebraska. Um, is kind of you know you, you might be tempted to think that they're that he and um, he and Jalen Hyatt are a little bit alike. They they got similar size, similar speed profiles. Trey Palmer is absolutely blazing. Um, yeah. as a as a receiver, but he's more Kenny Stills to me, whereas I think that Jalen Hyatt is, is closer to Will Fuller. I think that Hyatt has legitimate run after catch skills. Um, I think that uh, he can, you know, he is a player that can learn to be a threat at really every single level um, of the of the defense. And and that's what Will Fuller was ultimately. Will Fuller was just a very very good all rounder as a receiver um, until until he met Miami. Um, and, until and until de- Jacoby Brissett maimed his finger, and de- yeah, and, to, and decided to get his finger, you know, maimed and uh, became a video game uh, uh, designer after that. So um, I think that uh, I think there is a comparison there. I like him. I think that uh, I think that he would be up Miami's alley. Uh, truthfully, uh, I think he's he he and guys like him. Uh, Jonathan Mingo for the reasons we've discovered or we've discussed um, and uh, you know, some other guys, Marvin Mims, who we might talk about um, and, uh, and Darius Davis much later in the draft. I think that these guys kind of uh, hit on some, some things that Miami needs, even though they're all differing size profiles. Um, there's different, there's different things that they provide. I think Darius Davis, for example, is, you know, combination Big time run after catch, punt returner, you know, exactly that type. But also, you know, ridiculous speed. I think he's 4-3-0 speed, um, legitimately so. Uh, and and he's he's a long, I mean, he he is he is a big time threat on the long ball um because of that speed. Uh he's combination run after catch and long ball, which is sort of what Jalen Waddle was, if you think about it back in Alabama. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that uh, you know, he's a fit. I think Marvin Mims is a fit. Big, uh, big, you know, run after catch combination, uh, deep threat guy, keeping speed on the field as I talked about before. 
when Jalen Waddle or Tyreek Hill or uh, you know go out of the play, I think Jonathan Mingo, as we talked about, does keep some speed on the field because he is, you know, kind of ridiculously fast. I think for the the size profile, um, the six two two hundred twenty uh, size profile. So I think he fits. Uh, I think Jalen High one hundred percent fits there. Um, you know, I think I, I'd love I'd love to know what Simon or, or either of you. Um, you know, can speak up, think about Rasheed Rice, uh, because, you know, sensibly he does kind of fit too. Um, yeah. And some of the things that the Dolphins would want to do at that position. And, uh, you know, he is a guy that might not, maybe not 51, but, you know, he's sitting at 84 and you're like, well, 84 picks usually just aren't that great. Anybody anyway, you know, who do we take a chance on here? And, um, you know, Rasheed Rice seems like he might be in that, in that wheelhouse, but I don't, you know, I don't know. I'd love to know what you think. Yeah. yeah. I think he's, I, I like him, Alpha. I don't know about you. I, I, I think he's um, I, I, like not blazing again, but six, one, two Oh four big guy in terms of what he's able to do. That kind of school of really interesting SMU receivers over the last few years. I, I, I think he's, um, I think he's got impressive ball skills. I think he is great. And actually I think he's one of the better players in the draft in terms of that like body control to go up and get the ball. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think he's a bit uh I think he's a bit inconsistent. Mm-hmm. Um but I look I like the size. I like what he does in terms of his his uh long separation. Um I don't think he's an amazing uh route runner. Um mm-hmm. but uh I, I mean I like I it's difficult. I think that some of the the nuance of the position and the stuff that like a Welker would really like, he kind of lacks. I think there are a bit, there are things that Welker likes that he has, but I think there are other things that just make him feel like, is that too much of a project? Especially when Ezukama is already a project anyway, do you know what I mean? Like feels like the more finished articles that they can bring to the party. And that's always hard when you're transferring collegiate guys into the NFL, but the, the guys that are closer to the finished article, you know, you just I, I you know I keep saying it, but I just think with those two picks, the the second and the third rounder, they've got to get significant contributors, and you just can't get a guy now like Tyndall, who just played special teams essentially, and Palmer, yeah. who just you know who was inactive for what twelve, thirteen games. That that can't happen. This team is like so close to mm. the Super Bowl, which is why it's so frustrating that we don't have that first round pick. It's so close. Yeah, this is a team that should be going at least to the AFC Championship when you look at all the, the players that are on this. Yeah, if you're judging most of the team. mock drafts as of late, it's quite possible that Stephen Ross costs us B. John Robinson. Yeah. And uh, I might jump off my roof if that happens, okay? For those of you keeping score, the forfeited pick is what, 23rd or 24th, Simon? 23rd, I think. 23rd. Okay, so if B. John Robinson goes 24th, uh, yeah, I'm, I mean, Rashi, I'm, I'm Rashi Rice, I will say this. He is as a come all over again, isn't he? Okay. His athleticism score is off the chart. When you run four five flat at six one, two hundred and five pounds, I'm fine with it. He has a 41 inch vertical. Um, what I've noticed on him as far as you know, my tape watching, which hasn't been much because that's it's SMU. Okay, is he is twitchy, but he doesn't look as smooth as most of these guys, and he looks like he's he's gliding through through routes which kind of suggests to me that he's not a very good route runner. I like to see my guys to be a little bit more choppy instead of gliding through routes. And I understand that Jerry Rice had that same very trick where he didn't look very, very fast while he was moving. But that's Jerry Rice. Um, you know, I don't think we're we're comparing Rasheed Rice 
to, to Jerry. So, man, I would. It's. I don't think it's a hard pass. I'm just not too excited about him. Let, let, let's just say that. Well, so he's a good. He's a good blocker, though, and mm-hmm. um, and I think that uh, I think that you know at that size, that size six one six one two hundred five pounds. Well, first off, like I, I I actually was really interested in this because um because I. I think he's a fairly fast player, and um, and I was looking at all the uh, at the the combine forties um, for all the wide receivers, and I, I think there's I don't know what exactly is going on, but there's some shenanigans going on with Rasheed Rice's time, uh, you know, because the the disparity between disparity between handheld and electronic is not usually that big anymore, but for some reason in this My case, four five flat is not is not accurate. Well, I mean, it's, he ran an electronic four five one, but you know, mm-hmm. ha- electronic times are only half electronic, you know, and it, it, because the, a human judges when to start it, and um, and it's not always clear. You know, there can be there can be a lot of very variance between um, between different guys and when they when they start the that clock rolling, and um, and I I I looked at him because I was I was doing all the guys, including Mingo's, you know, the fastest guys, you know, Darius. Um, Davis, who I mentioned, uh, Trey Palmer, you know, got guys like that. And, um, and, you know, I, he was, he was pretty fast. Like he was about as fast really as, uh, as Mingo. Um, and I think that, uh, I think that his speed is a little bit understated Rishi Rice and he's a good blocker and he's a good run after catch guy. So, I mean, it's, it's sort of like, um, you know, it's kind of, I think it's up our alley, but I think that it's a point well-made that Welker, you know, has seemed he seemed to be a real stickler mm-hmm. about some of those fundamentals, and and it was seemed like a totally blank slate with Ezekama because he didn't, you know, he didn't have a grasp on any of that, and um and so as as a result he didn't play, and you know what good is is a Rasheed Rice taken in the say let's say third round, uh if he's not going to play, yeah, and and <laughs> yeah. and Wes Walker is the boss of that of that unit. He seems whatever he seems to say. Is something that Mike McDaniel is going to take to heart and believe. Uh, all right, let's take these guys in pairs. Uh, I wanted to take Zay Flowers and I think Quentin Johnson's a, a good guy to pair with him. But let's start here: Tyler Scott, Marvin Mims, Simon. Mm. Why not either one of those guys? Let's just let's just go nuclear with the offense at fifty-one. I think one. I, I think Marvin Mims absolutely will be there. Tyler Scott may be overdrafted. I might be wrong. Uh, you could correct me if you think I'm wrong. Tyler Scott, I mean, Marvin Mims, Simon. Uh, Tyler Scott is uh, yeah, another compelling, you know, this is a guy, like if you miss out on Jalen Hyatt in the first round, Tyler Scott is the man you want on day two, right? He ran a 429, a 40.5-inch vertical, 11.5-inch broad jump. I mean, and, and it shows up on tape. Yeah, he, To me, he is always one move away or one broken tackle away from taking a short pass all the way to the house. I, I, he's a, he is a very interesting kind of electric player. I mean, this is a guy, I mean, you, you want a guy that can run four, two on your roster at any point. Yeah. And I, I like how Cincinnati players are coached. Um, I, I just think he's a, I, I like him. I think he's one of the more underrated uh, receivers in this draft. I, I don't know if he's a second rounder or a third rounder. I, I definitely think he's a he's a day two guy. Uh, Marvin Mims, I, I I like Marvin Mims at Oklahoma as a true freshman. I thought he was um, just a really good player. He just made a lot of catches, made a lot of big catches. I thought he's played better 
Maybe around a 4 3 8 of the combine. I think he's played better um, outside of the Lincoln Riley offense, obviously, uh, unusually even. Um, but you just look at his his athletic profile. Um, to me, he's a, you know, he is another really interesting. These are two. It's a deep class at receiver, and and I actually think the the value, as much as I like Smith and Jigba, as much as I like Mingo, I do think there are a lot of value picks. Right, you know, you go down even to like the BYU kid uh, Nakua. There are lots of you know guys on day three that you just think I can make a compelling case to absolutely having this guy on my, you know, whether that's I don't know. Yeah, even the guys at Tank Dell and Josh, we haven't even talked about Josh Downs at North Carolina, and mm-hmm. you know. There's a lot of um, there's a lot of play. At Perry at Wake Forest, I really like. I think he's a really interesting guy. But yeah, I mean, I would be, I, I would, I would be very. If we had more picks, I'd be very interested in in Scott and Mims. All right, Chris. I don't think I don't, just on Mims. I don't think he's an amazing route runner, but I think uh-huh. he he you can see progression in that area, and I think that's what you're looking for. Chris, your thoughts on Tyler Scott, Marvin Mims. Well, Tyler Scott is another, you know, obviously, as, as Simon mentioned, he's blazing. Um, and you can tell right away that, you know, if you're looking at if you're looking at players that are pretty impressive um, from a run after catch standpoint, which I, I keep going back to that because I really think that that's number one for Miami at a lot of uh, at a lot of the skill positions is um, is that run after catch catch factor. Um but when you're looking at, at players that are run after catch and Marvin Mims is up there and Tyler Scott is up there, uh, Tyler Scott is not a guy that's, you know, he's, he's, he's five foot 10 and 177 pounds. He's not a guy that's going to break a lot of contact. He's not a lot, you know, as a condo was what attracted them to him is after the catch, that guy can almost not be tackled mm-hmm. for, for whatever reason, you know, like it's not even that he's, you know, massive or anything like that, but as a comma, and he even showed it for us in the preseason, it's really hard to tackle that dude after the catch. Yeah. Well, remember that play? What was it against the Raiders? He caught a six yard pass on third and 10 and dragged everybody five more yards to get the first down. <laughs> yeah. And that's, and that's after a career where he was a standout for exactly that, you know, in college. So I mean he's he is that he is that player that the player the kind of player that you would have thought he would be. Um, he's just you know as as we said before he's missing a lot as uh, as far as the fundamentals of the position, uh, or at least he came to the NFL missing a lot. Um, Tyler Scott not that player. He's five foot ten, one hundred and seventy seven pounds. He's not going to break. He's not going to physically break tackles um, or or look uh, look impressive that way. But he is very quick and uh very explosive and he will he will force people to miss um you know by running creatively and and running very quickly and fast so uh you know he he's in the wheelhouse that way um i think that contrast with marvin mims i think that marvin mims can do maybe a little bit more um sometimes uh sometimes not necessarily completely breaking contact but um you know, falling forward a little bit more. I think he's a little bit more solid, but I think that uh, Marvin Mims is a really, really compelling player. Um, I saw him as kind of like, you know, a a best of both worlds between a couple of different guys Um, and what, what he brings to the table. I think that uh, he's, he's very dangerous deep. I think he's a good rack player. I think that um, his, his run after catch is complete. You know, I don't think it's, um, I don't think it's, it's one one dimensional in any way. Um, I don't know where he's going to go. I have no idea, to be honest. Um, but he's a guy that I would 100% consider for the Dolphins pick, you know, say at pick 84, something like that. Um, 
because again, when we get back down to it, you know, what pro bowlers or all pros are we going to get at pick 84? Um, you know, we're not, we're not solving this. If we consider the right tackle position to be as big of a problem for us as, as I think all three of us do, you're not really solving it at 84, you know? Um, no. So, or at least not for 2023. 20, so once you get in that, that spot, you know, take a guy that you think has some, has some real upside and he fits that. Yeah. One thing about Marvin Mims, average 19.5 yards per catch for his career. And it shows up all over the place on, on yeah. film. Man, he really does look like Jalen Waddle to me. And yeah, I'd be, I'd be, te- I, I think he's one of those guys that's going to be overdrafted. I think, well, I don't know if it's overdrafted. He's going to be drafted correctly, in my opinion, because I think he's a complete guy. He's a complete wide receiver, too, for any team that's wide receiver needy. You know, is does he have the entire route tree? Well, neither does Jalen Waddle. Like, you can't throw, you know, like you can throw slot fades to Jalen Waddle, but, you know, you're not going to throw fades at the at the five-yard line in the goal line. You know, you're not going to throw many corner routes to Jalen Waddle. Uh, he's actually proven not to be – so good in corner routes while Tyreek Hill is actually great on ter- uh, corner routes, but that's usually something that's reserved for guys that are a little longer. Now let's take another pair, Simon. I like these two guys a lot. I don't think that they're fits for Miami because I think that they're X guys and maybe Zay flowers can play a little bit more in the slot and is a little bit more portable than this other guy. But these, these two guys, I think they have that wide receiver one look, Jordan Addison, Zay Flowers. If you could talk about those two guys. And then I think we'll finish up with a couple of other guys that I have here marked down. But your thoughts on Zay Flowers, Jordan Addison, Simon? Uh, I mean, Flowers, I talked touched upon a little bit earlier on. I, I think he's uh, I, I think he's fantastic. Uh, you know, why is it I, I hate to interrupt you. Why is he plummeting on mock drafts everywhere, including uh, Daniel Jeremiah's? Like, what's going on? Has he no played clue. any games since uh, since since January? Because no I don't clue. get it. I think he's done. I mean, from what I've heard, he's done a, a solid job in um, interviews and stuff. He's added weight. I mean, there were some photos uh, circulating on social media a few weeks ago of uh, of how much weight he's put on since the end of the season, just in terms of like muscle mass. Um, I just think he's quick. He's got great ball skills, and he's got what you want. Most of all, he's got great production. You know, he. Outside, inside versatility. He played mostly outside, actually. He's just so quick in his release and at the top of his stem, you know, in terms of what he does. No wasted steps, no wasted movement. Uh, he, I love watching him against man because he just can. He can just you know beat you with feet and then beat you with speed. But also, I just think he understands how to how to play in zone as well. Um, he's not big. He's not physical. Um, but I think he's uh, you know. Uh, I just think he can just get down the field, track the ball over his head, make just great catches, pick up yards after the catch. He'll run some jet sweeps for you. He'll do all those th- those things. He reminds me, Alf, a little bit, and I, I actually saw Daniel Jeremiah say it as well. He reminds him, but also me, of a guy that you really like, which is uh, T.Y. Hilton a little yes. bit. Mm-hmm. I think there's some T.Y. Hilton to his game. Addison, I, I, look, you know, he was at Pittsburgh uh, with Kenny Pickett and won the won the um, uh, the Blitnikoff. He then went to obviously to USC. Had another great year. Just again, just another really. I mean, he isn't the same player um, as 
as um, flowers. I think he just brings different things to the to the party. He probably is in my top five, I suspect, of receivers. Um, but look, I like what he can do, and and he's done it consistently over you know over two seasons with two different offenses, two different teams. Um, He's just a good, solid player. I, he, he reminds me a little bit of Amon Ra St. Brown, another USC uh, receiver. But again, good route runner, good hands, can track the ball at all three levels. He He's kind of shifty after the catch. And like uh, St. Brown, he wins in those sort of underneath intermediate areas. And I think that's where he'll make his money in the NFL. He'll just be that kind of move the chainsy kind of guy who can just operate in that sort of 10 to 15 yard area around the line of scrimmage, just will strong hands, um, physical, polished route runner. Just, yeah, I think he's a, I think he's a really good player. Um, I, I kind of feel like he's the one that's slipping a little bit actually. Um, and he might end up in the second round, but he's a, he's a good player. Yeah. Chris, you got any thoughts on those two guys or, or you want, you want this uh, a softball I'm about to love to you? Um, no, just, just real quick. Um, cause I, I think, uh, Simon went through it nicely. I, I do believe, I do believe that Zay flowers, you know, pound for pound would be up for most compelling wide receivers in this draft, mm. uh, to be, to be honest. Um, and if you weren't five foot nine and 182 pounds, then that would be, I think made more clear, uh, by the, by the, the amount of attention that he's getting in the run-up. But the fact of the matter is that he is. He is five foot nine and 182 pounds. And uh, and if that doesn't make you at least some somewhat nervous about using a high pick on a guy that's five foot nine and 182 pounds, um, you know, then I don't know what to tell you because it's it, it should always make you at least somewhat nervous, you know, and that's why that's that's I don't think there's any great mystery to it. If um if you know he's quote unquote falling, which I don't really think that I don't necessarily buy that that anybody's falling or or whatever. I think that um I think that you know boards are just coming into focus a little bit more, and this is this is about where he's going to be. Um, I do think it's an it's a powerful story for Addison though, with the fact that he was able to be productive in two different places. Um, that that matters to me. Um, you know, I think that that's. Uh, that's something to uh, to consider. Hmm. There's always a guy that I look at every single year and I say, man, he looks like Devontae Parker to me. Terrence Marshall was that guy for me uh, two drafts ago, was it? And yeah. this year I was watching A.T. Perry and I'm thinking to myself, that's Devonta Parker if I've ever seen one. We don't have a catch radius guy on this team. Cedric Wilson's the closest that it comes to it. I look up A.T. Perry on Lance Zerline's list. Who does he have as his comparable? Devontae Parker. I guess that's the last guy we'll touch on. Um, why not a catch radius guy? It's what we're lacking. A.T. Perry, uh, your thoughts, Simon, as a fit for Miami? I believe he'll be around for for one of those day two picks. He has that look. He's not going to separate too much. He's a local guy. Well, as local as you can get. He's from Lake Worth. Uh, size is not an issue. Like I said, he's a big catch radius big guy. guy yeah, like he would like to see his vertical jump to be a little bit above 36 inches. But 
you know, there's not much wrong with him if that's what you want. If you want the catch right. radius guy, if you want something that's completely different than what you have. Your thoughts as a fit and as a player, Simon? Not not so much as a fit, but really like him as a player. I think he's um, you know, he's big, he's physical, he's a bit, a little bit too um, what's the word I'm looking for? He's a little bit too deliberate sometimes with his route running uh, and those sorts of things. But uh, back to back to back really good years at Wake Forest. Um, you know, you, you just can't argue with, really. Um, I, I I like him as a player. I like his I, Apparently, an absolutely phenomenal kid off the field. Great attention to detail. Real big tape guy. Um, but just like the resume at, at Wake has been excellent. I thought he tested really well. I think he's just a, I think he's just a, a really solid player. He'll end up as a, as a good, solid third round pick, good footwork to separate. Doesn't necessarily have the speed to separate, but just uses his feet really well in terms of his releases and his release package. Um, just a solid third round guy for me. Chris, AD Perry. Um, that's going to be a no on the Dolphins. Um, <laughs> okay. I think that, you know, I think that's the, that's why that's a softball question. Um, because he just doesn't, ha- he, he does not have the, the run after catch skills. Yeah. Um, you know, to me. And I think that that's become, you know, number one thing to look for, uh, as I said before. Um, so no, that's a no on the Dolphins, but that doesn't mean he's not a solid player. Um, and I think that, uh, I think that, you know, yeah, he's, he's one to keep an eye on, uh, possibly in day two. I'm not sure he's actually going to go day two or not, but, um, but I think that, uh, it's, it, it wouldn't shock me to see him, uh, go day two. And I think that he's a solid player, but he's definitely, he's, he's just not, he's just not in the wheelhouse for the Dolphins. Yeah, All right. On the way out, we're going to play this little game that Simon and I played when we did the running backs. We named five guys that could be Miami Dolphins when it's all said and done in this draft. Uh, Simon gave his five running backs. I gave mine. It's, you know, it's also, also likely they might not have any of them. But on wide receivers, man, I'm going to I'm going to go first and then we could go to Simon and Chris could finish us off here for this show. I want to say Quentin Johnson, Jonathan Mingo, Marvin Mims, Tank Dell, and I need one more. What do you say to CJ Johnson? Does he fit the profile? Let me let me look up his combine number. Well, his comparable was, was about right, Josh Morgan. I want to say CJ Johnson as my fifth guy that could be a Miami Dolphin. Simon, five guys that could be a Miami Dolphin from this wide receiver class. Well, I mean, you're gonna have to give me a second to I didn't didn't know this was coming um i'm gonna say uh i'm gonna say um guys that remind me well uh flowers mingo uh tyler scott three jaden reed of michigan state Um, okay we didn't get a chance to talk about him yeah and i'm gonna say only because I know they interviewed him, uh, Puka Nakua, the BYU receiver. You know, that's an interesting one, though, um, Simon. I don't know what – is that your fifth? Yeah. Yeah. Um, because, you know, I I think – I actually kind of think – I look at his game, and I'm kind of wondering – I mean, it, it, you brought this up with Mingo, right? Like, think outside the box, you know, that sort yeah. of thing with, with McDaniel. Puka Nakua is almost a running back. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he – you know, he really, there, yeah. there's a Debo Samuel kind of guy. 
Yeah, yeah, he is. He is. Pra- you know, he's practically. I mean, yeah, the the size is weird. He's he's six foot two and two oh six. Yeah, yeah, two oh six. But um, for a running back, but I mean, he's he's pretty close to what Corderell Patterson was. Uh, you know, yeah. coming out sure. uh, as and certainly, or t- you know, he, he's always just remind me of a Ty Montgomery, Corderell Patterson type guy that might might actually move, might actually be used in a couple different places. So I, I think yeah. that that's really interesting to bring up. Uh, as for my own five, yeah, um, I I think that you know some guys that we've talked about already. Mingo, I fully agree with everybody um, on that. I do think that Rasheed Rice is a possibility. Um, I think that Marvin Mims is a possibility, uh, and then after that, I would actually go down to uh, Darius Davis of TCU. You know, I mentioned him before, um, and for the last guy, you know, I'm not sure that i really like uh you know um tyler well i'm not sure that i like tyler scott's draft position i i should say relative to what miami needs mm. um i was going to mention puka natua or, or puka nakua because because he's such a rack guy um and i've been you know preaching about that um but i guess uh at that point if i'm not going with him and uh then who else were they looking at pretty strongly? Um, no, I guess I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna bitch out and take Puka Nakua after all because it is it is such a strong playmaker emphasis, um, and I think that's him. All right, that's gonna do it. We gave you an hour and twenty minutes on wide receivers. The next time we talk to you, probably later this week, we'll get into tight ends, and that's gonna be a hot topic. Um, at least off on Twitter loves talking about tight ends, Sam Laporta, Darnell Washington, you know, the names we'll talk about it later this week, but till then. Thanks for listening to three yards per caddy. You can subscribe via iTunes on Podbean or your usual podcast provider. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.